I'll continue what I was saying. Um, yeah, so like I was saying, I like bridging the gap between physical health and mental health, right? Um, and I think we're long past overdue of um, them being two different things. They are, yeah. they are now one thing. All right, we are. Oh, yeah. We're now looking at it in one thing. It's like you can be, you know, number one athlete in the world in your given sport, but depressed as shit. You're not. You're not healthy. And yeah, vice versa, you could be happy as hell. Yeah, yeah, you know, have all these underlying health problems, and obviously you're not. Yeah. You're not healthy. Um, yeah. So I like kind of, you know, if I if you're into imagery, like you picture a box and like, this is health and well-being. I just like pushing those boundaries and like pushing the walls out a little further because end of the day, your health and fitness is how you express yourself through life. Right. Whether it is yeah. mentally through like writing stuff down, like artwork or whatever, or it's, you know, uh, training or it's whatever it is. Like it's, it, yeah. it's all under the same umbrella and I like a conversation. And I think everything starts with a conversation. Yeah, um, no, definitely. I'm learning from people a lot smarter than me. Like you say, I'm blonde, so I'm not the uh, smartest <laughs> of human beings, you know. Nothing wrong with being blonde. <laughs> it's the best. We have the most well, fun. Apparently so, although I'm a brunette. And I, I, I can challenge you in the fun department, so nah, we'll know. see. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, so... But, um, yeah, no, I think everything you said is so, is so true, and it's something that still baffles me that people still try to to argue that we don't all have mental health mm. because I think people because they don't have a mental health condition so they're not depressed or they don't have anxiety or like well they've never experienced those things should I say mm. they don't think that they have a mental health like well of course you do like you have a brain so therefore you have mental health. You may just be one of the lucky people that never personally experiences ill mental health. Um, and I just think it's so often still the case, and this was definitely true of myself, that you don't really consider taking care of your mental health till you get to a crisis point. Oh, yeah. Like until I was told, like by a psychiatrist, you are mentally ill. I'd never really paid that much attention to my lifestyle, what, like, how much sleep I had, my exercise, like, all of these things, which obviously also impact your physical health, but I didn't ever acknowledge the fact that they played such a fundamental part to my mental well-being and how not doing those things obviously had a huge, I can't speak, contributing factor to then how mentally unwell I became and receiving like my diagnosis of bipolar disorder was such a line in the sun for me to be like right okay I've got to start again I've got to relearn everything and I've got to decide what I want my life to look like and what my foundations and my very very sheer basics are going to be for my self-care and realizing that that had to be looking after the mental and the physical which basically meant a complete lifestyle overhaul for me I had mm. to go from from party girl to a girl who liked routine and essentially overnight so yeah it was a a big turning point but I'm still here I'm like you know much much better than I was so yeah I'm definitely an example of how if you can balance and have a healthy balance of the two, then you can live a much 
nicer lifestyle and and feel better and probably look better too <laughs> so yeah I mean feel better look better right and vice versa look better feel better all that type of stuff like again yeah, it's like course. integrating that physical and and mental well-being rather than just like oh it's just your health and what blows my mind is like we can all develop the flu right or yep. we can or we use covid for example um you know yeah. we, can, we can all get covid oh, right dreaded word yeah yeah so we can all get mentally ill it's the same yeah. shit and people just seem to think that they're immune because they yeah. don't necessarily know someone who's been open about it like I think people, you know, say that we're a lot more open about our mental health right now. As someone who lives with a mental illness, I don't necessarily always think that's true because I still think that it's so many people suffer and don't talk about it because there is still that, like, will people think I'm weak if I say I'm depressed? Will people think I'm crazy if I say that I'm experiencing psychosis, for example. So there are so many people that don't talk about it and don't have the the frank conversations about it. So because of that, I think people, that's why people don't think that it exists because it doesn't personally affect them or as far as they're aware, people they know. and I think that's why conversations like this are so vitally important because it's two it's two people, you know, being honest and, and open about the fact that those two things are a correlation. You wouldn't be like, I don't have a brain. So therefore, if, you, if you've got a brain, you therefore have mental health. Like it's that it's that simple. And it's all a spectrum. Like you might be perfectly well in your brain all of the time, or you might have periods where it drops low or it goes high or you might be like me and have very extreme um like periods on that spectrum but we all are somewhere on this mental wellness spectrum um and I think that's something that people need to definitely understand and and appreciate um definitely much better at it than we were You're, you're right there but I think there's still a long way to go and that's one of the things I love about like you know this podcast Instagram like world where we all have our voices it's real people sharing their real stories and that's getting information out there like your friends will listen to this my friends will listen to this gosh knows who else and they might identify something that either of us saying and be able to realize that they have work to do on themselves whether that be physically whether that be mentally but don't we all want to be the best versions of ourselves? Like, that's that's the end goal, right? Surely for everybody, without an Instagram filter, like feeling like the best version of yourself. So yeah, I totally agree. And like you, you, you think back to how many conversations have have you personally had, and you can also bet like other people have had too, where they turn around and be like, "Oh, how are you doing?" And you're like, "Yeah, I'm good." Or "Had a good week?" Or yeah. "Am I?" You know, the typical British thing. Am I? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. And then you think I'm to yourself, right, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm fucked. Like, I am not in a good place. Like, you know, you spend yeah. 20 hours of the day or, you know, 15 hours of your waking day, like, just not knowing what you're doing and feeling like you're struggling sort of thing. Yeah, that one yeah. hour you're having a conversation with someone, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm sound. Don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about me type of shit. And you're like, yeah, hold on a minute. Like, 
that's like 90%, 95% of my day not doing okay. Like we've, you know, we've got a problem here. Yeah, it's, and it's, it is so true because I think, and you hit the nail on the head with the, the whole British thing. It's like, we don't want to bother anybody else with yeah. our problems. So like, I mean, I'm the queen of like laughing it off. So I'll yeah. make a joke about it or I'll like, like make make a little like self-deprecating remark like oh my I'm absolutely fucking shit but you know like whatever (laughs) brush it under the carpet um and I still do that as someone who advocates for having positive mental health conversations but sometimes it's just easier because it is still very much commonplace that nobody wants to have that vulnerability Mm. like is it because everybody presents this perfect life and perfect persona especially people in our generation you know 20s and 30s like social media like generation we all want to like pretend that we're living this perfect life and everything's great and we're happy all the time that one I feel like people ask me less how I am because because they can see a smiley photo on the internet they believe that that that's the truth not actually thinking about delving a little bit deeper and thinking about the story behind that photo or sometimes I say to my friends I actually post on Instagram more when I'm not well because I'm like I'm so stuck in myself and I'm like you know maybe looking for that validation as much as I hate to admit that it's real Uh, lots of people like wouldn't admit it but it it is true so sometimes the more I'm posting the more I'm looking happy quote unquote um is the most the the most often the time that I want someone to go very are you okay like you know you don't you don't seem yourself kind of thing um and I think it is just about normalizing those conversations and and being really honest about it and I know that that's something that I do still struggle with. Like I had to have a conversation with my work this week because I'm just not coping at all working from home. It's it's like a very like been very difficult for me, and it's like had a really knock on effect with my mental health. And it was so hard for me. And I was thinking like, this is mad, very. Could you like speak on the internet? And I'm like interviewed on podcasts and like all these kind of things. And people people like I advocate for having these conversations but when it came to me being asked how I really was I was like I don't know what to say and got really emotional and was really very vulnerable vulnerable about it so yeah it was tough so but I, I had it and now you know the, ste- the steps are in place and um, I can continue using my normal coping mechanisms but hopefully with additional support from work. And that's the thing, there is help out there, but you don't know about the help and support that's out there until you are really honest and you take that step forward. So, yeah. Yeah, I really respect you for for saying that. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely the hard thing to, to, to come out and say, and especially, you know, to a fucking stranger on a bloody computer screen. So I, I, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> But now, nah, like we we appreciate our our best mates, right? 
and what what's the main reason why I appreciate our bassmates? One, because they're going to be there regardless of of whatever happens. But two, they're always going to fucking tell us the truth. Like no matter yeah. what, they will be real. So you're like, okay, the people that I hold closest to my heart on every day is people that will just tell me what it is. Yet, yeah, I don't live your life that way, sort of thing. And you you kind of look it's at true. it in that, in that perspective, and you're just like, God damn, like. I am literally lying to 90% of the people I see every day and slapping yeah. on a clown face. And um, yeah, I'll tell you this for, because for a fun. easier. Because it's easier, right? You know, the easy conversations yeah. or the small talk is easier. Um, yeah. But then you feel, uh, at least for me, it actually winds me up when people don't have real conversations with me or when I'll have a real conversation with someone and you know, you're there for them, blah, blah, blah. And you dive a little deeper and you can tell the unwaveling or the unwinding of the, of the coils, helping them out, the de-stressing, blah, blah, blah. And yet they'll do just do small talk with yourself. And that fucks me off. Yeah. And gets to me. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, I just kind of showed you that I cared about you and you just basically showed me you don't give two toss which uh, I appreciate it. But um, I completely get the whole smacking on the mask uh, and acting like you're fine. Like there's been, yeah, like, you know, as you, as you know, like I'm a coach, right? I'll stand in front of a class. Yeah. I have an hour in front of people where their physical and mental well-being is my number one priority. Everything else, yeah. Armageddon could happen, but I'm still going to... Yeah, you still person. got to be smiling and counting them like... You, you know, cancel or whatever you need to do. Exactly. That's, uh, no, yeah. I'm not a PT, obviously. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. But, um, <laughs> but I'll go home. Like, there's been times where I'll go home and white knuckle it till morning. Mm. And you're just like, mm. what the fuck is going on here, man? Like, you know, you've got someone who works for the Ministry of Defence, you've got like teachers, you've got parents, you've got grandparents you've got people that are professional athletes you've got these like seriously you know quote unquote successful whatever the fuck that is uh successful yeah. people like leaning on you and then you just go home and you're like well you know you're not happy and it's yeah it's crazy yeah and that like you're not happy but you don't know how to make yourself happy yeah. like what I think the funniest thing that I found when I started on my and I hate using like these kind of like phrases because I find them a bit woo woo for me and a bit hippie but when I started on my like wellness journey and like tried to decide who I was going to be after I received my diagnosis of bipolar I found out it was just the most basic of things like making sure I was getting out and going for a walk and getting fresh air and then that progressed to running and then that progressed to like different forms of fitness like cycling and all that kind of stuff so all the you know everybody says your physical health and your mental health you know are intertwined but yet so of so many of us won't really act on it because I mean, I, I don't go running because I want to lose weight. I go running because I want that runner's high. When I've finished a yeah. run, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just achieved something. Like, I feel amazing. And obviously, now my fitness is improving as I'm, like, going along my journey. 
that is that's amazing and I can see the, the physical like I can see the shapes of my legs changing I can see that my, my body shape is changing and that's amazing but the fundamental reason I took up running was it was a way for me to release those un- uncomfortable emotions so when I started to feel agitated or frustrated or filled with anxiety or even depressed sometimes going for a run I would make sure I had a slower playlist on and then that was enough that it would be make me able to cry because the like the running and the emotions and like the endorphins that it brought up finally like allowed me to feel those feelings um because I was a person that was so used to just having like you say the clown face on so I've been so used to like masking my feelings I needed to find something and I feel like such an idiot because for so many people listening they'll probably be like of course like exercise is good for your mental health like everybody tells you it but you have to get to for a start you have to push through that beginning bit where it doesn't feel good for your mental health like at the beginning when I first started running I was like I absolutely bloody hate this how how is this ever going to make me feel good and I I felt like I looked stupid I felt like my legs were like flailing all around the place like Phoebe from Friends I had like no form I was wearing like rubbish clothes because I didn't want to invest in running clothes because I didn't feel like I was going to like keep it up kind of thing but then when I, I fought through that and got to the p- point where it started to feel normal, I was like, I get it. Like, I get why people do this. I get why there is a correlation between your physical and your mental health. Because on the days where I don't want to go for that run and I go anyway, my body thanks me for it. But my mind thanks me for it even more. Like, it, there's... I sleep better I I feel like my energy's been released in a positive way it's just it's just so key so you know it is really important to have those conversations but it's also so important and again this is a bit of a woo-woo phrase again but to love yourself enough to do those things to invest in your body invest in like moving your body and, and like nurturing your mind through exercise and caring about yourself enough to do that and in doing those things I'm then now able to talk about it because I I think the running and the exercise helps me like work through things and then once I've worked through them in my head the thoughts I have while I'm running then I'm like oh okay that's what that means now I can go and have a coffee with so-and-so and talk about it so I think it's so key like I'm not saying that running is going to work for everybody but find your thing that helps you process those thoughts those uncomfortable thoughts um and then they're so much easier to talk about they don't and once you've spoken about them once they're not really the elephant in the room anymore you can keep talking I think I bore people with the amount I talk about my mental health now it's like I check in with myself I check in with my friends like that's that's just the thing I do but I think, yeah, it's, it's it's finding a way that that's normal for you and then making it part of a routine. And I hate the R word. Like, I never thought I'd be a person, like, that had a routine. <laughs> I hate it. Like, I remember my psychiatrist saying to me, Barry, you're really going to need to get a routine. And I was like, all right, then. <laughs> it's never going to happen. 
like I was thinking in my head do you know me routine like are, are you serious but if I don't follow a routine it all goes to shit like I'm exactly yeah. the same I'm exactly the same I have to do the same shit every morning I have to read, I have to write a poem, I have to do something on coaching, I have to fucking do this, I have to do it in the same order. If I don't do it in the same order, if I miss one, like I am the most miserable motherfucker for the rest of the day. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true. And it's it's crazy. And I think another thing that struck me in like my, again, wellness journey was why do we stop learning when we leave school essentially or when we leave university like it's like this we all have these completely different chapters of our life like our 20s and dating people and then if you get married and you have children and different jobs and different friendship circles and these are all different chapters of our life that could be such learning opportunities but there were so many things I'd gone through in my life that I carried and held on to and didn't process. And then was just constantly like angry about them. And I didn't use them as opportunities to learn from and then help others learn from kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying everybody wants to go out there and be a life coach or everybody wants to go out there and, you know, dedicate their life to helping others. But, I strongly believe everybody's going to want to help someone they love at one point in their life. So being able to work, work through things and do that self-development and whether that be journaling, whether that be reading self-help books, whether it be once in a while watching a YouTube video over, over something new that you don't know anything about, you don't know how that's been just going to help another person. And I think it's all about improving ourselves because the more we don't change, the more we're stagnant. And then that's when I think mental health problems can become worse. Because when, you're, when your behaviour patterns become stagnant and you don't necessarily have a proper routine, healthy like boundaries, whatever, that's when your like, thoughts will start to, to come into your head. And so I think that's we should be reading like books and doing different things to stimulate our minds. to Because... I, I strong I, I so strongly don't believe that we're supposed to just stay the same person that we were born like I have almost had like an evolution five or six different times and I think some of the best people in my life that I know are exactly the same like you can't you can't stay the same you can't do keep doing the same things like yes you have your routine and it works I have my routine and it works but that probably won't be the same in five years. That's that will need to change and that will need to evolve with the different things that that happened to me. Yeah, and our routine so, allows us to develop and grow, right? And it it, yeah. it enables you to 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 be a different person. Like we are organic, so we end up, you know, growing and then decaying and whatever. So like naturally we as human beings, we fucking change anyway. So being like yeah. set in stone, I know who I am, you know, know what you want to do for the rest of your life at 18 type bullshit. Like, is that really going to gonna work out? Like, there's a... Absolutely not. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I change what I want to do with my life probably every week. I'm, I'm 35 and I still don't know. That's the point. I think the whole yeah. secret is, you know, no one has a fucking idea what they're doing. Everyone's bullshitting. Yeah. Fumbling our way through life, making mistakes 
hopefully learning from them but in a lot of cases making the same ones over and over again yeah yeah I've done <laughs> definitely that in my times. case yeah. <laughs> told you i'm blonde i've definitely done that a few, fair few times yeah me too and well, i'm not blonde i've got no excuse <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you got no excuse um now there's an old there's an old Af- african proverb right that it says um if there's no enemy within the enemy outside can do no harm Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's something that I always mentally go back to uh, quite a lot because yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, no matter what goes on outside of the four walls of my head, um, it could be fucking Armageddon or hell could freeze over or whatever. Um, if I'm all good inside, I'm fine. Yeah. And then you can, you can, you know, reverse that, right? You could be running through flowers of like strawberry fields like the bloody beetles um yeah and the next thing you know like you're in the deepest darkest hole you can imagine yeah so yeah that's no, self-care that's yeah, talking about there. so important and and that's that's the thing you need to work on what's going on on the inside and that's a continuous thing. Like I remember listening to a podcast when I was like really unwell. Um, I can't even remember who it was now, but I remember her saying, Oh, you know, me taking care of my mental health is, is like my part-time job. And then she was like, actually, no, I think it's, it's a full-time job. I do it alongside my full-time job. And I remember when I heard that, I was like, that is so true. Like, especially if you are someone like me that lives with, a more complex mental health condition um it is a full-time job like most decisions I make I have to think how is this going to affect my mental health like if I right have my friend's birthday party on Friday but then also a work work drinks on Saturday so therefore I'm gonna have no sleep two nights in the row will I be able to be mentally stable on Sunday because I've had no sleep for two days will this trigger an episode And I know that sounds like a very like anal controlled way to live, but I think in order to manage mental illness, um, mental wellness, you have to have these conversations with yourself because going back to your friend analogy, if your friend was going to, I don't know, go on lots of benders, not look after themselves, not eat properly, not do whatever, you would say to that friend, or, do you know, do you really think you should go on that night out? Or do you really think you should be in, like, I don't know, a pizza hut, large pizza every day of the week? Do you think you should maybe, like, join the gym instead of going gambling, whatever the case may be? You would have these conversations with your friends. But yet, it's a bit weird to have them with yourself and to, to pull yourself up on those things. And we make allowances for behaviours. Um And I think it's just so important that you do have a relationship with yourself that would echo the relationship that you have with a friend. Like when I'm, when I'm unwell now, but more so when I was more unwell before I managed it better, I used to say things to people that I would never ever even say to my worst, say to myself, sorry, things that I would never ever say to my worst enemy like the names I would call myself, the like stories I would tell myself about myself. And one day I caught myself in it 
And I was like, Barry, like you wouldn't say that to anybody else. But if you're in a, you know, mental health situation, you, you will say it to yourself and you've got to stop telling those lies to yourself and you've got to find a way to break those thoughts. Um, I mean, this conversation today is going like all around the houses, but I think it's just such an important conversation to have. Like maybe the fact that we've got no structure is a good thing because it's a me- messages that people like, they can pick and choose what bit that they need to hear when they're listening to it, I guess. That's the thing. It's real, though, right? It's a fucking real conversation between two people. Like that's all it is, and two that's strangers. all. Yeah, two strangers. <laughs> there you go, and that's that's all I. That's all I wanted the the podcast to be is just a, a conversation. Like um, I think every problem in the world that gets fixed from number one is from a conversation. You know, you can yeah. even break it down to communicating with whether it's your significant other or your mates or yourself, like it starts with a fucking conversation, right? Yeah. Of being, okay, I have my thoughts. You have your thoughts. I'm going to respect your thoughts and vice versa. Let's yeah. throw enough shit together and see what comes out kind of thing. Let's mold the, mold the Play-Doh. And like, yeah. that, that's the that's the beauty. Like, it's just two people chatting shit. Yeah, and I, I love that. And that's one of the things, like I tend to mainly listen to independent like podcasts like like this one because I just think normally they're pretty much unedited and it is just tends to be people just sharing their their story and sharing their like truths and I think that there's so much like that we can learn from that Mm. like people being authentic and vulnerable like someone listening to this might not you know have your problems or my problems but they might hear the way that we deal with them and then be like actually that really relates to this problem in my life or this problem in my auntie betty's life whoever it might be do you know what i mean i think it is about just being real and being authentic and us being ourselves and and that message getting across to the right people yeah and even if nobody listens it other than me and you then you know it's very therapeutic having these conversations and just being able to talk and being like, you know what life shit sometimes, but we find a way to make it work and connecting with like-minded people who, you know, feel the same and, and can give you advice and you can take tips from. I think that's something that is beautiful. Like God bless the internet for, for bringing us misfits together like you've got to love it <laughs> yeah man and like you know from a selfish point of view like the amount of legends like yourself i've met through this type of shit just to like sit down and have a conversation about whatever and it ends up going on to the fact of like oh how do you take your coffee or some daft shit like that you know what i mean where yeah. it's like oh no i've not got um i might have a couple of questions where i'm like really interested to find the answer from, from these people but i'm not like oh so you know tell me where you're from and yeah shit like i always well nobody cares the beginning of the the introduction of a podcast i'm always like right okay so you're blowing smoke up their ass telling them how great they are like oh yes we've got fred from blah 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 and fred has got this many awards and that i don't care i just want to know what fred thinks about global warming or whatever the topic is you know what i mean yeah so yeah just just like yeah having a good conversation especially right now in lockdown like 
I've loved podcasts for that exact reason. Like when I've been alone, like working from home in lockdown, I just put on a podcast because then I feel like I'm having, I'll be like joining. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, mate. Like while they're talking. And I just, yeah, I just think it's like, essentially you're going out into someone's living room, bedroom, car, whatever. And they can join in the conversation. They can feel part of it. They, they, this might go out to someone and just remind them that they're not alone, that you deal with your shit too. I deal with my shit. Like, you know, let's all, let's all be real about the fact that life is fucking rotten sometimes. And you, you have to, to find your way to, to push to the surface and to find another reason to wake up tomorrow. Cause it's not always easy. It, it fucking ain't. It fucking ain't. And something that I say all the time, especially within a gym setting, is like, like our number one job is not anything to do with fitness. It's to make sure people, you know, don't go home and swing themselves from a tree. And people mm. look at me funny, right? They're like, the fuck is wrong with you, mate? I was like, well, if I gave you a list, we'll be here till, you know, next year. But we're going to we're <laughs> gonna brush over that. Um, yeah. <laughs> be like, well, that, that's the thing. Like, people come in here for a bit of fucking mental, mental release so they don't go home and you know, white knuckle it to the kitchen for the knives or drink themselves into a bloody state or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, like we all go through shit. If people don't want to fucking open up about it, that is fine, but they should feel like they're in an environment where if they wanted to, it's going to be non-judgment. Yeah, of course, of course. And that is one powerful thing about gyms. I have like quite a lot of male friends that, the gym is their therapy like so we locked down when the gyms were all closed they were all falling to pieces because they might not ever or feel comfortable to or have the opportunity to talk to a therapist talk to someone he really understands but for them going to that gym banging the weights doing some cardio releasing that stress that's the same for them as going to a therapist I guess it's the same as me when I said I go for a run and when I'm on that run it's almost like that gives me the space for my my brain to have the thoughts that for the rest of the day I'm pushing them away so you know it's it's so exercise is so powerful like I do the same shit now I've been I've been weight training 12 years and um training for a sport well am i training for a sport now yes and no but training training for training's sake rather than not just like oh, i'm just gonna like work out sort of thing for like 16 years right and every time i've harnessed some sort of negative emotion like every training session i've uh, cognitively gone through some shit that either happened yeah. as a kid or whatever and i've like yeah. opened that box i punched that demon in the face and i've slammed the box shut on it and every, every time every day and some days i'll just go out usually a thursday because which is today for me um because the week's like absolutely ragged me and i'm like oh i've got one more day let's just get through it sort of thing but usually i have like one day a week at least where i'm like i don't care what i do today i'm just gonna train for my head yeah, I want to feel a little bit. That's me most of the time. There you go. <laughs> but I just want to feel a little bit of like, sounds really sadistic, right? But physical pain because it takes the pain out of yeah. you and puts it into your body. 
And then yeah. I sit down and I usually end up writing something out of it. Like I usually end up getting on my phone and I end up getting a poem out of it simply because I've made a um, made sense of whatever's going on in my head, which usually doesn't yeah. make any sense whatsoever. No, but if you can bring it to the surface and then get it out onto paper, that there's something so cathartic in that. Like I used to do a lot of poetry when I was younger, I don't really so much now, but I am a big advocate for journaling. So hmm. if anyone read my journal, it wouldn't, it makes no sense because it tends to just be a sentence that's in my head that I write down and then I just go on from like waffling for page and pages sometimes, but it is just that something's brought that thought to the surface and then it needs a space to, to be released. And it's almost like a soon, and you'll probably find the same with poetry. As soon as you've got that pen in your hand or your fingers on the keyboard, it's like they're writing themselves. Like, cause it's literally, it's not necessarily coming from you. It's coming from that place that needs the healing, coming from that place of trauma or fear or whatever it is. And you're releasing it and yeah I think I think that's amazing and I think more people should advocate for the power of writing like it's another art that I think is lost as we get older um we're we're told that we need to you know write and creative writing and stuff when we're at school but it's something that I think is so often forgotten as adults Um, it's expression right it's expressing stress emotion pain like severe discomfort or severe pain and like um i think people need the confidence from themselves or from other people to be like hey it doesn't matter how fucking dark this goes just get it on a piece of paper you know i've yeah. I've, I've written something no right? exactly well i yeah. i'm the type of boy who don't give a shit simply yeah. because i'm like i want someone to read it and be like oh my god I'm going to do something similar for me. I'm not going to yeah. show everyone, but you know, they're going to, they're going to benefit from it. So I'll take whatever you want to fucking throw at me. Don't really care. But I know one like 12 year old lad or whatever, there's going to be sat in his bedroom somewhere and he's going to create something that's going to help him out. Right? Yeah. I'll, I'll write something down. Right. And people will read it and go, what? that's fucked up. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. But like, that's just like, you know, pain and and stress or whatever and sometimes it and who hasn't felt pain in their life like let's all be honest who hasn't had some form of trauma some form of pain like something horrendous that they've had to work through we, we all have nobody goes through life from birth to death without having something that makes them cry that makes them question who they are that makes them question their existence like whether or not they want to call that ill mental health or not that's their choice but we know the reality we know that that is you know their brain constantly reminding them of something they've gone through or you know a mental illness or whatever and yeah it's finding finding the ways to to work through that and I think people like yourself or, or me or the, the many people who advocate for these kind of conversations that are out there on the internet now, it's having that ability to be able to write something or create a video or be on a podcast where, that when somebody listens to it, they're like, yeah, I, I know. I've, I, like, I felt that I've been there. And there's something so powerful in that. And I know I've had that moment 
millions of times, like listening to something, hearing a song, um, this like reading a poem. I'm like, I know exactly how that person felt. I've been there. And it's almost like you're healing through their healing. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's powerful. So like, well done for being like brave enough to, to put your thoughts out there like that because it's not easy. And especially like even harder for men like let's be honest I think the female mental health space is a lot more friendly and a lot more um open and accepted than than the males so to be a guy out there in the field and trying to bring it in the way that you are I think is amazing yeah I'm um I'm I'm always interested to see someone else's point of view right and it's uh it's kind of cool that you brought that up because yeah it is you know male mental health is a, is a problem, but so is mental health in general, let's be honest. Um, but the whole thing of like, I looked, uh, I looked at the males, right? And it's always like, put this fucking facade on or some shit. And I'm like, first of all, be real. Like people can see through your bullshit, especially if you're doing it to like attract a lady. Like they're not daft. They are mm, like yeah. the, the clever. We can assignment. see through, yeah. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Like, you know, if you're a hard motherfucker, they'll be able to see it. Like if you're putting it on again, they'll be able to see it. So just, just be real, man. Be you. Um, and on the second thing is like, I don't know where this notion came from where everyone is expecting to be perfect, but can we just fucking stop it? Cause at the end yeah. of the day, like we're organic, right? Like I said before, we're going to die regardless of what happens. Our body dies. The only thing right? that's guaranteed. We're all going to be born. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Like, so I'm like, you know, what happens in between? There's no guarantee about the rest of that. Like, exactly. And like, people just frown upon fuck ups. Like, you mess up. Oh, no, you labeled it this forever sort of thing. Like, geez. Like, you know, I can guarantee I've royally fucked up on every occasion many times. And I'm still like learning from it. But yeah. does that mean, you know, you're slapped with a label and, oh, you know, you can never do you're anything? You're this, you're that, you're a failure, whatever, yeah. I think I think that is is big from uh, from the male's perspective. But also, I made a point, right, and I, and I made it into a little video. I don't know if it kind of like, you know, sometimes it circulates, sometimes it goes into the, the black hole that is the internet and people never see yeah. it. But I got a message from someone I used to coach and also a good mate of mine now, like, and he was like, holy shit, you hit the nail on the head. And I was like, um, if I remember it correctly, I'm paraphrasing myself, of male's aggression comes solely from vulnerability. Mm. So if a male is always lashing out, being aggressive, whether it's towards a lady, towards a male, towards himself or whatever, it's because they're searching for safety, right? They feel like they're vulnerable or they are not strong enough to help their significant other, their friends, their parents, yeah. whatever the fuck it is. They don't feel enough. They feel vulnerable in the time. And like that putting on a cap and the pun now of being a bit older. And I think of me being a kid and growing up as a teenager, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like you feel vulnerable as hell. So your only emotion is to tear people's heads off. Yeah. Which yeah. is obviously a destructive path. Um, and I think, yeah. And I mean, being able to acknowledge that. And I also think going to young males, right. And being like, I feel it. I know where this comes from, mate. And it's okay. 
however yeah. way you want to get this out of your head or get this out of your heart or whatever is okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether we go to a scrapyard and we take a baseball bat and smack an old car to pieces or you write poetry or you do sport or whatever it is, like being like, okay, we understand you now, like let's do it. And most yeah. of the times, I hate to say this, but most of the times they don't necessarily have that role model growing up, right? That male yeah. role model. Um, I love hip hop. I fucking love yeah. hip hop, mainly because I can relate to it too. And um, Tupac said in one of his songs, he said, um, he never knew for a woman, it ain't easy trying to raise a man. Yeah. And I'm hey, like, oh my gosh, that's so true. You're like, holy shit, you know, you're not going to know. And the same thing, a man trying to raise a woman, you're trying not going to gonna know. Woman. Exactly. It's, there's, we, we are like, like the famous book says, like Mars and Venus, like we, we may Mars as well be from yeah, different planets a lot of the time. And yeah, it's, it is, it is true. And I think there are so many women out there with issues because they were daddyless daughters. Um, for the opposite side, a woman can raise a woman, but there's things that a dad needs to, to teach a daughter or a male role model, not necessarily even a dad needs to teach a daughter and a female role model needs to teach her son. And yeah, it's, it's like where I think a lot of problems stem from in adulthood, mm. if not all, like things that have happened to us in our childhood. And I'm not uh, knocking or disrespecting my parents in any way, shape or form. Obviously, that's a conversation I've had with them separately. But um, of course, there's like, you have to, to think about people's childhoods and what, what happens in them and the, the knock-on effect that that net that then has in adulthood because you only have to speak to a couple of therapists to realize that that's a real real crux of yeah. um a lot of issues and you also like okay we'll create these community centers so i look at it you know right what can we do sort of thing i'm kind of like your mate i'm like a doer um i'm like what what do we what do we need to do and let's just like go do it sort of shit um, yeah. and you're like okay more community centers sort of thing but again that a stigma around it right because if you'd have gone to me as a kid and been like oh we get you we understand you whatever like basically what i just said yeah. um and was like oh come to this community center you get to do whatever you want i'd have told you to fuck off and i've been like i ain't going to no community center like i'm gonna knock yeah. around on the street sort of thing like because i'm a badass yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever i was going through in my head as a kid and you just like it's it's hard and that's why i um i'm a huge advocate for training as a kid i'm like look every school needs gym and every school needs more specifically a weight room yeah and every school needs a state funded fucking strength and conditioning coach so one they learn how to use their bodies so like yeah. injury prevention through sport right and also like figuring out what the fuck this thing is that i'm in yeah and then also too, like, all right, you've got an hour, an hour and a half. Let's get some stress release out. Yeah, and 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 learning that that Learn. is a way of doing it because, I mean, that could be a whole podcast in itself in teaching mental health coping strategies to children mm. from a young age, because nobody nobody ever told me how to deal with these uncomfortable emotions. I was I was labelled as naughty, a drama queen a liar 
like yeah. you know attention yeah. seeker all of these things when actually if you'd have taken a good hard look at the situation and at my behaviors and and the episodes I now know them to be from my illness you'd have been like you know what this is a kid that needs help mm. but actually nobody identified that I mean I, I was a kid in the 90s I do believe it's slightly different for kids now but speaking to my friends who are teachers there's still no mental health curriculum they're still not teaching them coping strategies stress relief things even simple things like you know breathing exercises I still feel stupid doing them now because there's something that I learned in my 30s so when someone's like you know breathe breathe out your anger I just feel like I'm some hippie and I'm like oh I don't want to breathe out some anger I want to have a drink yeah. like and it's it's obviously took me a, a point getting diagnosed so late in life that I already had a lot of very unhealthy coping strategies like like to have a drink like to like blow off steam in other ways like to like spend too much money have you know was in a lot of like very difficult relationships and all, all of these things just stemmed from not being able to deal with uncomfortable emotions so I mask them using the excitement of a new relationship or like going downtown and getting absolutely off my tree five nights a week like and then when you're trying to then we've well, then got a therapist going right okay so when you're in a bad place you need to breathe and hold that breath for five seconds now release and I'm like the only thing I want to hold for five seconds and then release is probably a fag like I don't don't I don't want to like that's a cigarette I don't know if anyone in a different country is uh, listening to thinking I mean something else um <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's being able to teach children this, just the very basics. Because more and more adults have problems with their mental health, so then more and more children are growing up seeing that. Um, I mean, I could talk about this for, for ages, so stick a fork in me, I'm done. But, um, yeah, I think... Oh, you bought it because you're on a roll. That's such a... Uh, well ooh, I like that I like that one I might steal that one um but yeah it's I think that although as we were saying at the start of the call um mental health has come a long way there's still a hell of a, lo a long way to go um because the, the people that make the decisions like the people that write the curriculum and the government and the people that are giving you know even the NHS to a certain degree, um, they understand mental health, but yet the, the proper provisions I don't think are in place to offer the right kind of support because most of my coping mechanisms and my strategies are self-taught from listening to podcasts, from reading books, from speaking to other people and educating myself and building my own community of other people that, that live with conditions and we share our stories with, with each other but not everybody has the confidence or thought process to, to do that and they might just take it as gospel and 
when the NHS said this is what you need to do these are the medications you need to take you go down that route they don't think about exercise they don't think about journaling they don't think about all these fantastic skills that we've spoken about and said how you know for both of us how they change our life and help us manage some very difficult emotions so Mm. yeah putting a plaster on a broken leg right and it's more reactive rather than preventative um and i'd be really interested uh to see like what we would teach in skills like you know these conversations are amazing and you know there's people a lot smarter than you and i that would end up creating a curriculum and you know our yeah. phds coming out their ass and stuff and i'd be i'd be really interested uh to to see where they would see that going um yeah but again i'm more of a man on the floor type of bloke and i'd, I'd like to just get in front of these kids and just kind of you know say it's okay like <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I just like get me into a couple of schools and I'll share my story about overcoming what I had to overcome to mm. to feel half okay half of the time. But that's still better than feeling not okay all of the time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a work in progress. I'm I'm getting stronger every day. I manage my illness better all the time. So yeah, it's even if I can, I always say with every like Instagram post or podcast I do, if I can help just one person listening to that or reading that, then that's one person that doesn't have to go through the horrific ordeals that I put myself through. Mm-hmm. Um, and if everybody does that, the mental health space will be a much bigger, more educational, more positive, more powerful one. Um, just people helping people, right? Yeah. They need to use more voices like ours. Experts by experience, you know, is the, the phrase that they coin. But I'll, I'll take that. Like, I'm still alive. I've kept myself alive, despite definitely not wanting to a lot of the time. Mm. So if somebody else comes to me and says that that's how they're feeling, then I think I'm probably in a lot of ways just as qualified as a therapist to be able to, to talk them through that because I can for a start say I've been where you are and it does get better yeah and you know you you need to find your own version of this emergency toolkit and that's what I always refer it to it as my emergency toolkit a list of things that I've got that I'm like yep if I do that I'll feel better if I do that I'll feel better if I do that I'll feel marginally better and it's knowing what that is for you and creating that and then knowing when to when to pull for it and when knowing that when that's too much for you and you need to actually seek help whether that be from your friend your family member a doctor a therapist the samaritans like whoever it might be you know it's it's realizing that there's a safe space for that too especially with with kids a lot of the time it's like they don't give you the time of day or the respect that you deserve simply because they think you can't relate right so yeah. if you, you know, a therapist comes in or a psychologist or whatever, like um, psychiatrist and sits across from them and tells them these strategies or whatever, they're going to say two words, fuck you. And I know, yeah. I know for a fact I would have said exactly the same thing too. And I probably would have flicked the rubber at him. Like, you know, yeah. who, you know, who or knows worse. or worse, yeah. you know? Um, but if someone, you know, walks in, they're a bit scruffy around the side. They might drop a couple F-bombs when the teacher's not looking. They just look like an average Joe. Mm. And they're just like, oh, okay, like, 
maybe they can relate sort of thing. I've, I've had it personally where I've coached kids, right, yeah. and they've got ADHD, Tourette's, like they've been labelled with everything. They've not come from the greatest of backgrounds. They don't see their dad that much. You know, you name it sort of thing. They're knocking around with, uh, with gang members. And I'm like, okay, cool, but you're in the four walls of this gym. Like, you're, I don't give a shit what you do outside. This is, this is our mm-hmm. time sort mm-hmm. of thing. And if you need to talk to me, this should be a place where you feel like you can talk to me sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, I've been, you know, you develop the relationship, you develop the trust with this kid um, and several kids. Uh, I worked in a school in Manchester too. So as you can tell, like there's probably a, a few stories coming out of that institute. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And they they'd literally turn around and be like, oh, but, you know, you don't know because of whatever. You don't know. You've not walked in my shoes. Yeah. I was like, excuse me, cunt. You know, and I just you know, tell them a story or whatever. Hey, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah that's it. And they're like, oh my God. And then that's it. You built the trust then, you know, it's um, relatability and, you know, it's, it's people, people sharing stories. And I think that's, that's the thing. And it goes back to what I said before about the normalizing the conversation around it, normalizing talking about your fuck-ups, normalising, talking about... it. This doesn't just come down to mental health because sometimes we don't talk about our fuck-ups then and, that, and that's what causes the issues. That's what makes them worse. <coughs> Excuse Bless me, you. sneeze. COVID. That's COVID. what makes them worse in um, our head. And if we can talk about them and, you know, be so open about them, then that then makes a more open and safe environment for others to do the same thing. Mm. Um, and I've like, like you, I've done youth work and, and just meeting them where they're at and making them realize, <coughs> I don't know I what is up my nose. Thank you. Um, making them realize that they, you know, they're not the first person that's skipped school or they're not the first person that's at a fight or, yeah, God. Done whatever, like without incriminating myself too much. Yeah. Having that co- conversation um, and just finding a way to, to work through it. And sometimes it's not even giving them the skills, it's just hearing, you know what, I get it. Yeah. And it and it's and it's yeah. And yeah, like gosh, we've literally covered everything. I th- I feel like we could go on for about five hours. <laughs> Yeah, record, have have a coffee. No, I'm joking. Have a part two. <laughs> yeah, part two, mate. Um, you're always welcome back on. Yeah, definitely. Always it's been, been, been good to chat. Um, and I, I really appreciate your time. And I know it is like super late at night. Um, back home. It's all right. Don't worry. I don't mind. I'm gonna jump in the bath now. Do my self care. Do all oh, the things nice. we spoke about. Yeah. So yeah. Practice what you preach and all that bollocks. Exactly. I've, I've got to try. I've got to try. I'm not always the best at it. I'll tell everyone else what to do, but then sometimes I forget to do it myself. Isn't that like always the case? I do the same thing. I'll tell you what, coaches are the worst, especially if you're coaching all day, you know, you're making people physically healthier and happier people. And then that last thing you want to do is work out. The fucking last thing you want to do yeah. is be in a gym. Mm. Um, and it's like, okay, you have to do some sort of moving whatever the hell it is, even if it's like yoga or something, like just do some sort of moving. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, coaches are the worst for that. And I've seen some yeah. absolute states as well, but I'm not going to go into that. 
for another time. Yeah, that's that's right. I'm not recorded. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you get in the uh, the bath with your rubber duck and your bubbles, and um, I'll I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, it's been so nice to talk to you. Take care. Thank you very much, boss. See you later. See you later.